Hello and welcome to the Celtic Women's Football Show. I am your host, Claire Wilde. And my wee pal's back. It's Lorenzo Pacitti. Hi, Lorenzo. Thank you for joining me today. Good evening. A pleasure to be back. It's good to have you. Um, and some things to talk about. It kind of feels a little bit like things are winding down. We've got, a, you know, one more proper game before Christmas. Obviously, it's the World Cup, so there's no Celtic. It's kind of a feels like a weird time of year. How are you doing? Like in general life, does it feel like things are winding down? Very strange. Um, and just in general now, like I understand when people always talk about when I think Americans talk about it more when like Thanksgiving hits. Uh-huh. The idea of anything between Thanksgiving and Christmas is like work. Seem it seems like you're being forced to work. It doesn't seem like it makes any sense to have to work or to do anything. So to have this weird period where we're leading up to Christmas, it's super dark, super early. There's no Celtic, uh, like as like two games a week as we're used to. You know what I mean? At least, yeah, 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 exactly. So we're just like we're at a, a a loss some days, and then today there's no World Cup, and it's just like, <laughs> no. what am I supposed to? <laughs> what am I supposed to do? I haven't really been like I've been watching it when it's on in the house, but even today I was like. It's weird they're not being any football to keep kind of even just with vaguely hang my day around. <laughs> well, there's, there's uh, Women's Champions League tonight. Yes. Yeah, um, I'm going to have a look at that. Definitely. Which is nice because that's a big, you know, it's big games as well to, to fill the void. Yeah. Um, of like big World Cup games. But it's just a strange time of year to even have the World Cup and everything's stupid. Uh, but we talked <laughs> about like how we do the, you know, Celtic always, Celtic women come back after this kind of winter break. Um, and sometimes it's kind of killed our momentum and then we've had to come back against like a Glasgow City. Yeah. Obviously in a bit of a different place from that. Um, and we'll probably talk about it towards the end, but I feel like this is actually quite a good time for a break for the for the Celtic women's team coming up. Yeah, I think maybe it's, it, they've kind of, we've talked about this before, had a bit of a stop-start season. There have been sort of forced and unenforced breaks, which I know that a couple of the players have mentioned it can be a bit disorientating and things, but um I think part of it is because of what we've had to come back to and have we've had to come back really sharp and on it and we maybe have struggled to do that in the past whereas if you look at the fixtures that we're going to face post Christmas you know I think we've got Dundee night no I, I actually can't remember off the top of my head but they're not fit they're not hugely challenging fixtures that we're going to go into feeling really really worried that you know we might be dropping points who knows every game of football isn't from a really like basic point of view, we have a very international squad who will now get an extended, you know, yeah. festive period, go reset, recharge. Mm-hmm. That's that's like a big deal. We talk about that during international breaks at the amount of travelling and are they going to feel sluggish when they come back? But to have a set, pretty long period off before you come back and hit the ground running again, I think over Christmas especially, and to get out of Scotland in the pitch black winter for a wee bit as well. See their families. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Um, News-wise, in other news, I haven't spoken to you since Lucy Ashworth Clifford suffered her ACL injury and we had it confirmed as an ACL. You're obviously shaking your head. We're all shaking our heads. I mean, it's just horrible, horrible news for everyone involved. I was so, so upset. To, like When it got confirmed as an ACL injury, um, I was sitting on the couch, I think when I saw it, and I turned to my girlfriend and I said, and she obviously is very casually interested in these games. She's not a football fan. 
Um, but I turned to her and I said, oh, Celtic Blue's just done the ACL. She's a physio, so she likes hearing these things. I was like, she's, she's like, oh, who is it? And I not said a it football fan, but an anatomy fan. <laughs> anatomy fan. I said it was Lucy. And she was like, oh, your favourite. Oh, yeah. And I, I just, I think even just watching the replay again, when I was watching the highlights back again before we were doing this, it's just like, it's one of those things that's so innocuous. Yeah. Like, and, and the same, it's kind of like a, you know, it's a game we're comfortably up in. Nobody, you know, gets, you can't choose when you get these injuries. Um, it's not like it can always be some like saving tackle, you know, in a Champions League final, but for it to be a game you're so comfortably up in and just to, to turn on it wrong and ACL injuries are, are so cruel and they're so kind of random as well. Yeah. Um, um, have you seen any of the kind of discourse around, because obviously Beth Mead in England and a lot yeah. of other high profile players, you know, there's a list of them who've had these ACLs and there's this kind of the chances of women getting ACL injuries is, seems to be higher than in the men's game and that they seem to be happening a lot. And I, we, I just wanted to kind of mention that because it's an interesting thing to consider about how sport is set up for women and you know there's been talk of looking into that and whether it's about anatomy whether it's about training whether it's about uh, resources and equipment it's things like football boots being designed for men not women um have you seen have you seen any of that yeah well we read the article together actually because i thought it was dead interesting and it's something i hadn't put together because there have been so many even before the world cup high profile injuries as well and um that article is really, really good and it's just a case of I think when people have mentioned it in the past it has just been this idea that oh women must just have different ACLs or weaker ACLs but there's so much because of the lack of funding the lack of care there's so much we don't know you mm. can't really draw any like concrete conclusions um, but it all does come back to the fact that we don't know because it's so fresh and new to have an in-depth you know analytical super deep sports science everything look at the professional women's game just because mm -hmm. it hasn't been at that level for a very long time at all yeah. uh, so it will be super interesting to see like kind of as people you know dig into this more uh, yeah. but I think it probably will come down to the usual which is the game is set up for men professional men's teams train a lot differently a lot more regularly than most women's professional teams can uh, or even till they become professional a lot of mm. these players now just because of the the ages they're at, the, the kind of really high-profile peak players, they've played a lot of semi-professional football before they've hit professional football. You know, they're, it's not the same kind of run-up. Um, so I'll, I'll be dead interested and keen to read kind of findings on that. But it is crazy and it's just, it's scary. You know, you don't want to think about losing your highest-profile players and she's been so good for us. Yeah. And she is very much an irreplaceable player in that team, the way she plays. Yeah, I mean... We obviously will talk about Dundee United. We played without her against them at the weekend. But in terms of, you know, the recovery time for an injury like this, you're looking at at least like eight, nine months, aren't you, fully to be back fit. So we're kind of looking essentially rest of the season out. It's a huge blow for the team. You know, I spoke to Fran at one of the press conferences about how that kind of impacts on opportunities for other players coming in and stuff but just your thoughts on what this could mean for the squad as a whole and then also for kind of Lucy's future either at Celtic or elsewhere yeah I think for Lucy she seems even just in the short time she's been here she seems very well liked you know she seems really a big part of the squad big personality um so it'll be a miss you know be a real hit to the squad if you take away just from her, her actual play playing wise 
I, like I said, I don't think you can replicate what she does. We have players who we will shift around, and we saw that against Dundee United, and there's different ways we can play, but nobody plays quite like Lucy, and mm-hmm. the level she's performed at um, is ridiculous. So I do think a big change is going to have to happen in the way we play, because a lot went through Lucy, um, and it will mean to balance out the way that midfield is going to play. It will need to be quite a sea change yeah. from the kind of football we've been playing. So it'll be tough. Um, obviously, the, the first stage of it was that Dundee United game. We did really well. Um, but for Lucy herself, I, I mean, I just you just wish her well in her recovery. And mm-hmm. class is permanent. She will come back a fit and fire and player. Uh, whether it's with us or whether, you know, when people players have these longer-term injuries and they're not on long-term contracts, hopefully, you know, Lucy will make the best decision for herself with her recovery. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see her back in a Celtic jersey and I'd be really, really upset if we didn't. Um, and it's weird we have to talk like that, but because of the nature of contracts, yeah, um, at this level, she will be out of contract before she's back fit, most likely. Um, so all we can do is keep our fingers crossed that she recovers well, and I would love to see her in a Celtic jersey. Of course, yeah. And it's that funny thing, isn't it, Cause of, of lots of people saying speedy recovery, and you're like, speedy, yes, but also proper. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Better if it's a little bit longer, but she does come back completely fit and firing and, and ready to go. A bit like... You know, Natalie Ross was out for such a long time and we really had some question marks over how she would come back. And well, I think yeah. is the answer to that question. Um, we'll move on and we'll probably touch on Lucy and, and how we set up uh, when we talk about the games that we've played. Um, league table, we're third still now. There's like three points separating us and Rangers. We, uh, they drop points against us which is a good thing uh, I'm going to ask you for your personal thoughts on that Rangers game as well but going into Christmas I think you know it's it's not too shabby and with that small gap and and all the games to play are you are you okay with that yeah I think you have to take it particularly where we were when we started the season before we kind of saw things come into place um you would have bitten your bitten somebody's hand off for this um to know that uh, Rangers and City can't expect to get three points off us at their home stadium is a big deal and I don't think maybe we've taken that into account enough that we're you know we we lost that game against City but we lost it away mm-hmm. and it was very close and it was a super tight game um, and then to take points off Rangers at home for them is a huge deal because you want it in your own hands come the end of the season and if that means we get it at, uh, you know our home ground with us controlling whatever insane ticket debacle we want to add. <laughs> um, you know, that'll be nice. But uh, I think you have to have to be pleased with the way things have gone. And we've got gears to go up, I think, still. Yeah. And uh, I would say you're seeing a little bit of fragility. Um, you know, some some punches have landed on, on City and, and Rangers without them being, you know, actual dropping points. So to be kind of Christian Wolf about it, you know, it might all start to balance out. <laughs> and they start actually dropping points against us. And blah, we blah, blah, shall but see. We shall see. It's going okay. It's going good. Yeah. It's, going very, it's going very well. Yeah. I mean, I'm like I said, I'll get your thoughts on the... In fact, let's get your thoughts on the Rangers game now in terms of the way we set up. You know, we absolutely didn't go out as attacking as we do against other teams in the league. You know, it, there was clearly something going on. And Fran's thinking around making sure that we had that really, really solid defence. I think Chris and I discussed that we were surprised with the lineup, but that actually that defensive lineup did really, really well. Um, 
but we were the team that kind of sat back a little bit more um, and we, we managed to thwart them. But do you want to see us, would you like to see us doing a bit more against Rangers, kind of taking it to them a bit more, as it were? Um, yeah, mainly because of how we play against other teams. But I think you have to, to be fair to Fran, you know, the, the wins we've got against Rangers under his tenure have been because he has employed this, you know, counter-attacking, but very deep, very like aggressive counter-attacking system. And, you know, it nearly paid off again. We nearly got a last-minute goal again. And it yeah. does, when these things pay off or when they nearly pay off, it does feel like, you know, he's taking a he's taking a considered gamble. To sit, to sit back like that and let Rangers come at you and try and break on them is still a gamble. You know, it's still rolling the dice. It's not quite all-out attack, mm-hmm. but it's trying to play a very specific way. And, you know, his gamble nearly paid off in the end because he knows this team does go to the final whistle he wanted to frustrate Rangers and break on them at the end maybe work on set pieces um, so I think it nearly paid off for him so I'd, I'm not you know angry at it um, we always want to see Celtic play with attacking football but uh, we want to see them beat Rangers more importantly and I think he has um, a lot of you know good feeling in the bank for knowing how to beat Rangers and uh, I think he did a good job there the other day with that with that uh, lineup. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, we can do that. And we've 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 got another break now, like we said, until it's the end of February, beginning of March, until we meet Rangers and Glasgow City again. So um, we'll have a, a good run of games going into those fixtures as well. Um, before we move on to the Dundee United game, last bit of news, Christmas advert, the girls featured putting, like, coming up behind a man randomly at a bus stop, putting a hat on his head, and Kelly Clark's dog was in the advert. Were you happy about that? What I mean, what could be better? Did you write a better <laughs> storyboard than that? I don't think so. <laughs> Very it's always good to see them to see them involved, and to involved quite a, you know, a, a heavy extent. They're not, yeah. it doesn't feel like it's just a, a fob-off, kind of, we, uh, they pop up in the background. It was, you know, very much a focus on the captain of the Celtic women's team, and, you know, two very popular players who are involved in a lot of media stuff. So no, it was really good to see. Very good. And it's, yeah, it's like they can't not be involved in it now. It, in that regard, they Definitely. are very much part of the kind of promotion of the club and stuff, which is good. Um, I'd forgotten one more other bit of news that we've got is that we've drawn Falkirk in the fourth round of the Scottish Women's Cup. We are obviously the holders of that cup. Uh, some slightly tougher draws, some SWPL one draws for some other teams but I mean it's nice that that a new cup run is getting underway I guess yeah we've we've been a cup team for the past few seasons and we really let ourselves down earlier in the year so it's nice to have another cup to focus on it's all about trophies silverware we are Celtic you know it's it's okay to have kind of near misses but at the end of the day we want to be seeing Celtic players left trophies yeah uh that game is on the 8th of January obviously more uh, details to come um we played dundee united at the weekend um what were your expectations and feelings before this game um it's that way you, you wonder how much players are kind of winding down towards a break or seeing that break particularly after quite a tough run of fixtures and big games and you know a little bit of disappointment um so i thought it might have been a little bit more bitty than it was but i think they just look very very comfortable celtic and uh in hindsight, um, like most weeks, I would say I would expect them to go out and be comfortable against Dundee United. Yeah. Um, yeah, as we went into it, it was 4-0 when we went to them uh, the month before. So 
So yeah, um, a, a good occasion. The other thing that happened was that the club um, kind of promoted it as a big kind of one of those days where they've given free tickets away to clubs and schools and there were lots of kids there and there was kind of face painting and selection boxes being handed out. Free bus from Airdrie train station. Great development that, right? <laughs> well, I'd, I'd say that I'm very much, you know, not to be a cynic, um, but it I, all this stuff kind of worried me when I saw it on Twitter just because it does feel like we're just accepting Airdrie as our home. I saw a lot of sentences like, you know, we want to make Airdrie our make Airdrie our fortress. Now I was like, no, we fucking don't. I don't want Airdrie <laughs> to be remotely associated with Celtic. I don't understand it. Um, but so that I'll, I'll say from a negative point of view that it worried me that there was a lot of kind of marketing around Airdrie being, you know, our new home, our fortress. We must take over Airdrie. Don't think so. Yeah, um, but good. Any positivity? <laughs> oh yeah, but yeah, nice to get selection boxes and face paint and that. Nice to get selection boxes. I saw a lot nice of um, you know, nice pictures of, uh, you know, girls' teams. Yeah. That were going as teams and their you know full team trackies and stuff for the the youth teams they play for. I thought that was dead good, and I think we always talk about it. It's about seeing role models up close, and I think the Celtic women's team, particularly the players, deserve a ton of credit because they're very good at that. Mm. I think any time you see these things. Um, taking place the players are super um, involved and they seem very comfortable around like you know younger players and trying to encourage them Um, so I think that's always great to see and more free buses please from Edry train station because it is a nightmare to get to and they have got a car as we've said a thousand times before Um, so that was good Uh, the lineup let's go through that we had of course Pam in goals the back three was Claro Ridd and Kelly Clark and Caitlin Hayes Um, we then had Olivia Chance uh, Lisa Robertson, Shen Mengu, Natalie Ross, Amy Gallagher, and then up front, Olivia Ferguson and Clarissa Laracy. Um, I guess looking at that lineup before they actually come out, you're thinking, where's he putting people in terms of left, right, midfield? It kind of turned out, I think, that Liv played more, Liv Chance was playing more on the left in yeah. the absence of Lucy. Um, and getting quite a lot of success up that left-hand side with Clara Ridden. But um, what were your thoughts on that? What surprised you, if anything? Um, we knew, I think, because when you take out a player who's so firmly, you know, if you're picking who's going to play on that left side, it was never a, a debate. You know, it was always, let's say, when you take a player out like that and things have to shuffle around, I think it was always going to be a strange one. Um, he he kind of went for, I think, quality, um, tr- like kind of trusted quality in that midfield to pack it with players mm-hmm. he trusts and he knows instead of I think maybe like Shen Ming Lu is a bit more like for like if you were going to try and replace Ellie you know she's a bit more of a, a straightforward winger yeah um, and then we've got Tegan obviously he's played that role a ton of times uh, but to put you know Shen in there and Chance and Ross and Robertson you're kind of you know you're loading the midfield up with similar players in terms of on the ball picking passes I think Shen, it's a big, you know, chance is the one that obviously pushed that a wee bit wider. But I think this is a real chance for Shen to come back in that starting lineup and guarantee herself a spot in it. And I think it's up to Fran to kind of shimmy those players around wherever he wants them. But I think even so in the first goal, uh, like Chance's ability to make that role her own and play mm-hmm. to her own strengths. She wasn't yeah. out there as like a, a sub left winger. She was there as live chance playing wide. And I think you saw in the first goal, she didn't go byline like like Lucy would be doing. Uh, she didn't take players on as much. She played their strengths. She used their intelligence. 
Um, and I thought she had a great game. Yeah. Um, were you surprised that Jacinta was left out and that Olivia Ferguson got a start? Or do you think against a side like Dundee United, that's something that we might be expecting? No, I think you always play Jacinta. Um, so yeah, I was <laughs> surprised. Um, but you know, she, she might be carrying a knock, you never know, or neither the wee break. But I, I don't think Jacinta's a player you leave out under any circumstances. No, and she did, well, she did come on. We'll talk about that. Uh, overall performance, um, before we'll get into the goals, we'll go through each goal in detail because they're all lovely and there's a few things to kind of pick out in terms of performances with the goals as well. But from the overall performance, were you happy with what you saw on Sunday? Yeah, definitely. And scoring goals, goal difference, big deal. Rangers again with a, a 10 0 win. You know, we need to be taking chances, putting the ball in the back of the net. Um, I'm loving Amy Gallagher. I think she's just on fire. She had that amazing start, wee injury, back in the team, kind of been playing with like a, a real vengeance. Like Again, a player who is determined she has to start. Mm-hmm. And I think she's been willing and quite versatile to play a, a few different roles. Uh, but for me, she's shown the quality that she should be playing centrally. She should be playing whatever she wants to play. Mm-hmm. She's got that quality about her. Um, and we'll talk about her during some of the goals, but I just... She was really, really fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. That's a really good phrase to use. She is really fun to watch. And she's one of those players that you think is exciting. And then, you know, especially people coming new to the game as well. She's someone you think will stand out to them and they'll be like, oh, she's one to watch. Yeah, I think when we talk about the kind of creative players we have in the team, there are subtle differences between them. And uh, Amy definitely falls into that like kind of direct category I think she's a player who always takes a look at the goal as soon as she gets the ball at her feet um, and she'll kind of take the most direct path to it yeah. and she's and that's not to say that she'll kind of just run at players Amy's really really good at kind of kickstarting one twos and demanding the ball um, and Jacinta's great at that as well they're, they're similar players and the way they play around the edge of the box they really want to create things take mm-hmm. something from nothing mm-hmm. and when you're playing against a low block or a, you know a really defensive underdog team and you want to break them down in these kind of slightly awkward games we had a lot more last season. I think when you've got players like Amy and Jacinta who can kind of pull something out of thin air, uh, yeah. they're perfect players, play for big games. Yeah. Let's talk about the goals. The first one was really early on, four minutes in, Clarissa Larrissey scores from a lovely ball through from chance. It just looked, they just looked like they had so much space. Also, it was a, you know, it was one of those goals that once it got to her, she had to score it and she absolutely did. She puts it away and we've got that early goal. But, you know, Dundee United were playing like they did last time with basically like five at the back, essentially. You know, they were sitting so deep. Um, but it just, the, that kind of interplay between Chance and Larrissey, just there was space for miles where they were just able to go right and they made it look so easy. Yeah, nobody's better at catching defenders kind of flat-footed than Larrissey. And then if you want to pick somebody on our team to pick a pass out, it's Chance. Mm. Uh, and I think when you're thinking about who can fill the LAC void, Chance playing a bit wider and taking time and using her intelligence to pick a pass, she's letting Larrissey do all that running. You know, yeah. it's, she's not there to take players on. Um, and Larrissey can run the whole game. Mm. Um and we've seen her with a few dodgy finishes in recent weeks, Larissa, but absolutely <laughs> back to normal, back to her best. Uh, great finish. You know, I think that was just like the perfect, it was kind of the perfect, you know, Celtic under Fran goal. Yeah. Because it is that kind of deeper running from the forward and, and a perfect pass picked out. And we, we've 
played games where we've won by five goals against poorer teams maybe last season and every goal was like Caitlin Hayes to Larrissey, Caitlin Hayes to Wellings, you know. Yeah. There's a, a directness about this team that when it doesn't work, it's very frustrating. When it does work, it looks so easy. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned Caitlin Hayes as well, because I wanted to just talk about Claire Reardon on that side as well. I mentioned it just there before, and you and I haven't talked about her lots. She was she started in the Rangers game, which I think we were all slightly surprised by. But that interplay up that side between the the passes between Claire and Olivia were really kind of key in making stuff happen, weren't they? Quite really early on. Yeah, I've not been as convinced um by O'Rear than on the ball, but I thought big, big change that game. I thought maybe the maybe the difference in the kind of player she's she's playing on that side with than look at then, you know, needing to play forward balls or balls over the top or balls for LEC to run on to. There's a lot more build up. Mm-hmm. Um, and clearly that's where what her game suits. So I thought she had a she had a really good game with chance. Which is really good to see. Yeah, fantastic. Um the second goal was the first of Shen's goals at about twenty, twenty one minutes. Um it was from a, a Gallagher cross and I mean it was again, you just mentioned earlier how exciting it is to see Amy playing. Um and she was kind of all over the pitch, wasn't she? Because I'm thinking, when I'm thinking back about that game, you know, you kind of have that vision of the, the team, like that picture of it in your head, at least I kind of do. But then I'm thinking about that goal and she was all the way over on the other side to send the ball into the back post for Shen to run onto. Yeah, she she just had kind of a free role, which we've seen some of our better players, you know, like Fran's very comfortable with that. We've seen Jacinta have free roles behind the striker. And there were two strikers for Amy to play off in this game. Yeah. Um, chance again, you know, picking passes mm. uh, and if we're making the right runs chance will find them um, and t- to be able to do it from that wing is a big big deal and uh, Amy again just makes the right decision you know she takes a player on she commits a player and puts it dangerously across the face of goal and one of the big strengths of Celtic team attacking and we've said it about full backs we've said it about um, midfield players they continue runs into the box you know Shen has a tap in there unmarked because she continues to run and does not give yes. up on it yeah. The, the defence will, the defence will ball watch, you mm. know, and not everybody gets tracked the whole game. So I think we score a lot of goals because Fran must very much impress that our deeper players have to commit to these runs because we're not going to get countered on, mm. you know, by these teams. We're not going to suddenly turn over possession and be chasing back. So it's really important that we start to really commit players forward. And that's why we get these easy tap-ins. Yeah. And so... It's and it's lovely to have be in that position at that point in the game. Um, it's not long before Amy Gallagher does something tremendous to get the third goal. Do you want to talk us through that one? Yeah, Amy Gallagher on the turn is like a cheat code right now. I think <laughs> we've we've seen players who who kind of have a particular ability. We talked about you know Charlie Wellings off the last defender. Um, Jacinta is great at receiving the ball in very particular areas. Every time Gower, like takes the ball with her back to goal, the turn is so instant, it's before the ball reaches her. She just rolls players so easily. Um, and when you've got her ability, if you can beat a player and have the whole space in front of you opened up, she you know, she trusts herself, she backs herself to take that shot. Uh, and again, she just catches the eye. You know, It's an edge of the box dig. It's beyond the keeper. It's, it's just exactly what she kind of deserves for her play right now. Yeah. Yeah, it was a fantastic goal to watch. Um, the fourth goal. Oh, I should mention that at, so that's like, yeah, 20 and 21 and 24 minutes. 
at halftime, Larissy comes off and Maria McEnany comes on. I don't 100% know about this, but Larissy had had a tumble in the first half where you kind of thought maybe that's a, just a precaution around her having had a bit of a twinge or something. Um, but again, having seen Maria in short bursts since she came back from her injury, I was more than happy to see her coming on for that second half against Dundee United. Yeah, she's super confident. You know, she has this kind of swagger about her. Yeah. Um, Maria, which is so fun to see. Um, <laughs> and she's got a bit of physicality. She's got a lot of like dig, obviously a wee bit too much for that challenge where she maybe could have get sent off. We won't talk about that. <laughs> uh, but she's that kind of player, you know, she's really eager to impress. And I think she just has a lot of confidence in her ability. Yeah. Um, we really liked her in our wee cameos and I think we'll see more and more of her as the season goes on. Yeah, I think that it's really nice to see a much younger player come into the squad with that. And I think that her loan at Hearts did a huge amount for her in that respect because she was a, a you know a bit of a star over there, and she you know was up for Young Player of the Year and stuff with them. So I think she comes she's come back to us with a lot of confidence, even come back off that injury. So yeah, really really good to see. Um, so. Yeah, she comes on at half time. We get the fourth one was Shen's second goal. A little every every goal we're mentioning, Amy. <laughs> yeah, it's Shen and Amy, great interplay. You know, and again, the Shen little... at her best is very similar. One twos. She just looks like she makes it so easy. Um, great vision, great decision making. Little back uh, heel from Amy to Shen, and yeah, I mean it's good battling from Shen. It's very poor from Dundee United, and again, I think they had. We've seen Celtic do this to teams. They really wear teams out. Mm-hmm. And I think the the kind of last two or three of the last four goals where you could see a tired Dundee United defence. It was a defence that had been ran ragged. Mm-hmm. Um, and Celtic don't stop, you know. And you can see that from Shen trying to tackle somebody in their box and she ends up putting away a real easy chance. Yeah. I mean, it is the, it's that fitness issue again as well, isn't it? Dundee United are very much a team who are not professional, not full-time, are living lives outside of football and you know all that the challenges that presents and all these Celtic players that is their job day in day out and you know but at the end of the day we're making it we're taking advantage of that and that's what we love to see because Celtic win (laughs) um so the fifth goal is Maria um of of course Amy Gallagher is involved (laughs) is she literally involved in every single one of these goals I'm realizing as I'm going down Uh, my list I don't think I don't think that I don't know if she did she take the corner for the last one. We might get no, we'll, no, we'll get to that. But I think it was Maria. So, um, <laughs> but uh, Gallagher basically has a shot on goal again. Like you said, she looks at it, she takes a chance. It does get directly blocked by a Dundee United player. Initially, I thought it was the keeper, but it wasn't. It was a player, it was a defender. Um, but Maria's just there and goes, "Oh, hello," and just absolute split second thinking and pops it in the corner. Um, real power and accuracy and kind of quick thinking from her for a young player. Yeah, it's about a ping pong in the box. Again, you'd expect a young player to snatch at that, but she just doesn't have that about her. Maria, she doesn't know she snatches at anything. Um, she used up all her kind of novice rashness in that tackle earlier after a heavy touch. <laughs> you um, said you were going to mention it and you've mentioned it twice. <laughs> I, I really liked it. It made, it made me laugh when I saw it. It's just one of those tackles. It's like, you know, when a heavy touch and the ball gets away from you. And it's such a funny thing whenever I th- you see a professional footballer do that because they all do it, but it's like something you would do in school where you like, 
you let a touch get away from her, you just dive <laughs> in two footed. Uh, so I enjoy watching it, but no, she's she just full of confidence, really composed player. Kind of the way we talked about Tyler Toland, you know, when she started to emerge yeah. in the middle of the park, just a, a young player with a ton of confidence and really composed and secure on the ball. And she, you can see that in the way she finished it. Yeah, and we're going to talk about her with the corner for the seventh goal. But, you know, the fact that she is being trusted with a lot of these when she's on the park, she is the free kick taker or the corner taker on specific sides. You know, Fran obviously thinks really highly of her. And I I would expect she's a player that we will start to see more and more of. You would, ho- you would hope. I think you don't want to get let these players feel like they're stagnating either. Yeah. Um, so that was great. And that was the first of two senior debut goals because the next goal was a Tyree Birchall senior debut goal. Um, slightly weird one, but like it, she, even she looked a bit surprised. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, I watched the replay like four times and I still couldn't quite work out. I did as well. <laughs> how much credit to, because she looks, you know, if she went away screaming and hands up in the air, I'd be like, what a finish, you know, but she didn't. So I'm kind of like, how how deflected was it? But still a great uh, you know, a great run from Tyree to be in that position, you know, in the middle of the box in that in that uh, situation and a great pick out from Jacinta. Yeah, from J- Jacinta makes it happen. We've had, I didn't mention that we had had um, other players coming on. So um, the other subs that we had were, uh, let me see. So yeah, Tegan Bowie came on, um, Tyree, obviously, who scored the goal and Jacinta came on for Liv Ferguson. But I think, she it was a great finish I think in as much as there was some luck involved but then there's luck involved both ways and you have to be there and you have to be doing it and she almost kind of the way her foot kind of sticks out part slightly past the defender and just goes I'm gonna I'm just gonna see what happens here (laughs) the intent is there which is all that matters she's trying to bury that in the top corner um and I, I was just I love it I love kind of seeing like the emotion and how supportive everyone is when players like Maria and like Tyria getting those first goals. And obviously there's celebrations whenever we score, but you can tell that there's, they understand the importance of it for the other players when they all come up and celebrate with her. So I think it's a big deal as well, how part of the squad they've been made to be like, particularly, you know, Maria obviously had that injury, but Tyree's been like part of the first team squad for, you know, this whole season now. And we saw her start early on because uh, of some kind of injuries as well but she kind of came in as a young player who was filling gaps and now she can kind of start to evolve as a player in her own right in her preferred position and it's really good to see she again she's a player who when we first started watching her it was like you know she's got such obvious ability and she's got such uh great attributes but she looks young and a bit raw maybe and a wee bit nervy and that's kind of disappeared so disappeared physically she's grown she just looks she just looks a totally different player from yeah. that player that we saw, you know, I think we saw all the young players coming on against Motherwell at the end of that first mm-hmm. that season. Um and it was the first time we kind of seen her and we were like, she just looked like a wee baby. Like, oh my goodness. And now she just again like Maria has so grown in confidence that like you can feel almost that energy and think you have trust in them and have faith in them to kind of go forward and be a part of the squad seventh goal Shen completes the hat trick it was a Mar- I'm pretty sure it was a Maria McEnany corner she takes the yeah. corner and then it kind of well do you want to let us know what happens because it's just there's 
there's a lot happening in the box yeah. <laughs> in a front of the goal, and it falls uh, to Shen. <laughs> yeah, again, pretty, you know, Dundee again, it's just that way, I think, when things aren't going your way and you're a bit tired, the ball hits off you the wrong way, mm. and even hits off the keeper, and then awkward, she doesn't really save it, it just thumps off her and then drops off on our defender, and you have to give credit to Shen for being alive to the ball, you know, and her reaction when she got her hat-trick was so funny, that <laughs> kind of like... She's always been such like a you know a humble player, and when she scores, she's always almost like a bit embarrassed by it. Uh, but getting a hat trick, she looked yeah, she looked embarrassed, but in like a really <laughs> nice way, almost like she didn't want it to come that easy. Yeah, I mean, it's just great to see a player like that just get so you know um, to score three in a match. It's it's obviously great for any player, but like you say, for a player like Shen to kind of. It really feels like she's such an integral part of the squad now. She's like she's really there. Um and it so that was that seventh goal was at like right at the end. So, you know, nice I kept saying because I'd predicted five nil at the beginning of the game. Um so I was happy to take seven. I was happy to be wrong on that. <laughs> I predicted seven. I was just off last week by said so. <laughs> Anything you wanted to add in terms of um sort of standout performances from our players but also you know we did mention the Dundee United performance and the fact that maybe not they made it easy for us but it's different it's so much different playing against a team like that and it must be strange for I mean I guess it happens across all leagues but it just feels like in this league there's such a disparity yeah and you know we did that kind of two-team expansion as well. So we've seen, you know, how Glasgow women have come into this league to be, you know, the whipping boys. Yeah. Um, but it, as you say, it happens across every level of, of football and particularly emerging leagues. Um, so it's just something we're used to. And you can't, we've seen before though, you can't take these teams lightly because the minute you do, they put you out of the cup. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's just, uh, we have to go out and beat who's in front of us. And I thought we were great. Um, I thought Amy was player of the match, nailed on, just, sheer involvement mm-hmm. you know you can't if you take Amy's um, contributions out of that game it's a completely different game yeah I agree uh, so I just think she is really rounding into and again talked about like the break kind of being a decent time uh, but she's rounding into such form I just hope you know she's I think she'll feel very confident as a starter in that team it's now up to Fran to fit these players in because a lot of them are playing well uh, but again you, the subs are dead important we get you know the there are allotted subs that we get that they come on and make a big impact. Yeah. Particularly in games we need to break teams down. But I don't think, which is what I like about Amy so much as well, I think Amy, to me, seems like a player who's always been the best player in the park. Mm-hmm. Like She seems like she was amazing at school and everybody knew that. And she, she was like, give Amy the ball. And then at Hibs, she was the best player, which is why we took her. And then now it's like, I think after her initial like wee injury, she's had to fight her way back into the team. Yeah, and she's playing again with that swagger of, I'm the best player in this park, and I really like it. She's flying high. That's a reference to the fact that her and Taylor Otto went in an aeroplane and learned how to fly a plane. I love references that you have to explain the context <laughs> of. I should have left it and see if you got it first. <laughs> um, but that was a bit of fun seeing those two doing that on that Instagram. Um, yeah, so good to have that win under our belts. And like we said, we've talked about the the league standings. We've now got a break for this weekend. We've got the cup final happening. We're not involved in it. So boo. Will you be watching it, Lorenzo? Uh, I mean, I won't be watching it. Um, I'll be keeping tabs on it. 
I've got other things to do than watch Rangers win a cup. Um, but you know, we keep tabs on it. And I think it'll be interesting to see how it's how it's showcased. Yeah, that's that's what, what I'm interested in, really. Yeah, what the broadcast is like and stuff. Um, so I'll be watching for that reason. Uh, but I won't be watching the game. I, just because just I've got other things to do. Yeah. Um, we've got one more game before Christmas. We're playing Motherwell uh, on the 18th of December. Again, uh, sort of feels like a game that could be quite similar to the one against Dundee United, though. They're stronger than them. They've got some weapons in the arsenal, I guess. Um, what are you thinking about that game? Just another one to kind of... Another one we should be winning. Another one where... I would hope to see maybe Maria get more game time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we come yeah. up to the breaks in awkward time because you, you, I think you want players who have rounded into form and who have started to kind of emerge. I think you want them to feel seen and for their progress to be noted before you then go away for a month. Yeah. Uh, so I'd maybe like to see some some quite heavy involvement, maybe even a start for Maria. Uh, same with Tyree. Um, maybe put the game to bed as early as you can and start giving players you know, who need it game time because now we're all, we're all away for a month. Yeah. Well, it's not quite a month because of the 8th of January oh, fixture. Yeah. So, but it is a significant break and I do think we're going to see a lot of subs being made, maybe some quite early subs being made in that game. But who knows what Fran's going to do? It's all fun and games, isn't it? You may sub me on. <laughs> Um, so that game, yeah, 18th of December, we'll put out obviously on the Twitter and everything like times and where it's going to be i'm not sure that we know whether what ahead of time what's going to be shown on the bbc whether it's alba or bbc sports scotland or heaven forfend a club stream but you know i don't think that's going to happen i don't Christmas. think so either <laughs> um so yeah we, I, I think we'll probably do one more of these we'll talk about maybe come back and talk about the motherwell game and maybe have a little chat about the fact that they're might be or whether there will be any movement in the squad over mm. Christmas and January. Oh my god, I forgot that's a thing that happens in football. So I that's a, a thing bit, that happens. But I was gonna bring it I was gonna bring it up today, but I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna save it <laughs> for next time. Um and maybe we can play a wee game or something around that. But oh, okay. um yeah. Uh it's been lovely having you back, Lorenzo. Thank you very much. Oh pleasure as always. Thank you. Um we will speak to you each other and you very soon this has been the Celtic Women's Football Show he's been Lorenzo Pacitti I have been Claire Wilde and we'll speak to you down the road 